27, this also contains Bob's confirmation verse, which is Psalm 27, verse 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. O Lord, hear when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old cross and exchange it some day for a crown. 
In the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true. Its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a The second reading for this morning is taken from Romans chapter 6. The Apostle Paul writes this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel from St. Mark, chapter 10. 
And they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them up in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing the next hymn, Behold the Host, Arrayed in White. It's number 676.
all prayer with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from John chapter 11, verses 17 through 14. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so to Linda and Gary, Aaron, Jeremy, Shauna, and Gretchen, to your family and friends of Bob. Bob is somebody that I will remember as somebody who was kind. He loved a good joke. He loved to smile. He had, he had a great smile. He loved his family very, very much. And he loved to brag about them in a good way and what they were doing. And Linda, who was by his side for 52 years, he loved her very much. She was there to encourage him and to love him, especially on the tougher days where his health wasn't so great. But most especially, I will remember Bob as somebody who loved his Lord, as somebody who was not in any way ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed by it, because he knew that it is the power of God for everyone who believes. And most certainly, Bob was one of those. He was one who believed on the Lord Jesus, and as such, the promise of God is his today. Bob is saved. He is in heaven with his Lord, and he awaits the final day, the resurrection of all flesh, when his faith shall be realized in all of its glory. The words from our text today direct our thoughts to the little town of Bethany, which is the home of Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. And Jesus had come there often in much happier times. Today, the most prominent building in this small town is the church that is built right next to the site believed to be the tomb of Lazarus. And etched in the stone of the tomb are the words that Jesus spoke to the woman who had lost her brother. I am the resurrection and the life. Then after it comes the question that Jesus put to Martha, do you believe this? He asked her. Jesus spoke these words to Martha in her great moment of sorrow over her brother's death. Those words gave her God's comfort and certain hope in her time of need. And it's no small wonder that the same words have leapt across the barriers of death and time to be a source of comfort to God's people through the ages as they, as they have stood in grief at the graveside of loved ones. 
It is my prayer for each of you here this morning that those same words give to you the same comfort that Jesus brought to Mary and Martha all those years ago. You see, those wonderful words are wonderful words because they are not ours. They are the words of Jesus himself. And so in times of grief and in mourning, our own words can be hard to come by. So we lean on the words of Christ just as Martha did, I'm sorry, just as Jesus did for Martha that day. Jesus spoke to her the words of God, and those words lifted her eyes from the depths of death to the promise of the life that is everlasting. It's the same word that Jesus speaks to us today as we come to be uplifted and comforted by his word. I love this account of Christ for so many reasons. For some reason, at some point in time, there was this school of thought that came along that said that we were not allowed to show others how hurt that we were at times like this. At some point, some school of thought came along that said, well, you're not supposed to cry at times like this. We need to be strong for so and so, and to cry would just mean that we weren't being strong enough, and for some preposterous reason, we thought that we would be letting people down. But my friends, Jesus doesn't respond this way. And he certainly didn't respond that way when he came upon the tomb of his dear friend. Instead, in one of the few precious moments that we are given in the Gospels to the inner feelings of Jesus, we are told two very simple words. Jesus wept. He wept you see, and he wept even though he knew in just a moment that he would, in a very powerful way, in a very triumphant way, command Lazarus to walk out of his own tomb. Jesus mourned, but he mourned as someone who had hope. Listen, too, to these words from the Apostle Paul in First Thessalonians chapter 4. He writes, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Imagine, if you can, for just a moment now, what this moment would be like if we had no hope. Death would be all for Bob. It would be a final goodbye. It would be a final farewell. There would never be any chance of ever seeing him ever again. No. Instead, listen to the rest of that section from Paul. He writes, We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Surely, King David must have had in his mind this when he wrote those unforgettable words in Psalm 23 that we just read a moment ago. He wrote, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And notice the words that David used, or perhaps the word that he didn't use. He said, I walk not just into the valley of the shadow of death, 
I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David had that assurance because he knew two things. Number one, that he would not walk alone because his shepherd would be with him. And number two, that on the other side of that valley is the Father's house where he would live forever. And surely this was the same vision that Christ held before the dying thief on the cross to whom he said today, you will be with me in paradise. Martha believed all of this to be true. And we know this because of her confession of her faith in today's text. She said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha believed that Jesus was her Savior, that he was the Savior. And Bob, I know for certain, believe this too. After much searching, his family finally tracked down his confirmation verse. It is from Psalm 27, verse 14. Again, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong. Let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And so, like all of us, Bob waited. And throughout his life, through his faith in the Lord Jesus, his heart took courage. And then on Tuesday of this past week, the Lord, the Lord took Bob by his hand and said, Come on, Bob, it's time. Put your hand of faith in mine and let's walk together through the valley and into the Father's house. And here, here, Bob, here's the place that I have prepared just for you. And so for Bob, today... All is well. All is well for him because through faith he believed that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Through faith he believed that Jesus is Lord. Through faith he told Jesus, I believe. My prayer for each of us here this morning is that God would grant to us, to each one here, each one, no matter at this particular moment, whether you came here today and you had absolutely zero faith in Christ or you had a little bit or a lot, whatever the case is, my prayer for each of you today is faith, which compels us to say that we believe too. So that we too will join Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and now Bob, in the joy and blessing of that everlasting and final Easter day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all of our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn, trust in your loving care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. And Lord, help us, we pray, in the midst of things that we cannot understand, to believe in and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death that he ended the power of death. And also by his resurrection, open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Ready us in the assurance that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So, together, we pray the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and power, and glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We sing our final hymn, Amazing Grace, number 744.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Our service continues outside at the graveside. You are invited to join us there at this time.